I want you to turn to Zechariah chapter 11. Zechariah chapter 11. And uh, I know there's always new converts uh, in the church. Don't be embarrassed. It takes time, especially to find the smaller books in the Bible. You're best to go to Matthew and just go back two books. And uh, it's two books before the New Testament. So just go to Matthew and go back to Zechariah chapter 11. While you're turning there, I felt led of God to go ahead and finish up the series that I've been preaching on the cedars of Lebanon. I'll finish this, Lord willing, tonight. On Wednesday night, George Holly will be here to preach for us. And then on next Sunday morning and Sunday night, we'll be privileged to have Kyle and Brittany Schaefer in to sing and also Billy Huddleston in to preach. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And that is also the Sunday that starts off just before vacation Bible school. So I think it's just going to be a great, great day building up to Bible school. A lot of great things happening. And we appreciate all of you that will be working in Bible school. Let's start praying now for a great harvest of souls during our vacation Bible school. Last June was a great month for this church. Uh, in June last year, in two weeks, there were 40 saved. And let's pray that God will give us a summer harvest and do all that you can to be praying for Bible school. And then they'll be going into church camp. My, what a great, great opportunity we have to see young people come to know Christ so that they can become cedars also. Because the cedar of Lebanon is really a picture of the believer. And I've been dealing with this uh, for several sermons now. Let's read in chapter 11 and verse 1 of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 11 and verse 1, and we'll read part of verse 2. Open thy doors, O Lebanon, that the fire may devour the cedars. Howl, fir tree, for the cedar is fallen. If you've been here in every service, uh, just a quick rundown, you know that I started this series of sermons uh, from Psalm 92 uh, where the Lord in the first part of the verse likens us unto a palm tree and then unto the cedars of Lebanon. And we talked about the fact that the cedars were planted by the Lord according to Psalm 104.16. Then if you take notes after we dealt with it, it's planted by the Lord because a believer, a Christian, your life begins with the Lord. You can't do it for yourself. Second of all, it's preserved by the Lord. The bark uh, is resistant to rot and, and repels insects. The sap keeps the heart of the tree warm. The roots go down deep and wrap around the rock to hold on to the rock. Then it's also the cedars are perfected by the Lord. They don't have any knots in them at all, the cedars of Lebanon. That's what dip, makes them different from other cedar trees. And then I dealt this morning with the fact that they were used for purification by the Lord. And then we wound up this morning with they were purposed or ordained by the Lord for particular uses. In the house of David, that led to the house of Solomon, that led to the house of God. And that's where we stopped this morning. And going toward this text, I wanted to bring this up as well. Even though God has ordained the purpose of the cedars, Man corrupted the cedars. You'll read about it in Isaiah chapter 44. There was a man that cut down a cypress, he cut down an oak, and he cut down a cedar. 
And with that that he cut down of the cedar, he built a fire to warm himself. Then after he builds a fire to warm himself, he uses the fire to cook, to bake for himself something to eat. And then after that, he'd use the wood for everything else. With the residue of the wood, what was left, he made a graven image. He made an idol. So God had ordained the cedar to be used in the house of God, to be used in the home, to be used in society as a pillar, but man comes along and corrupts it and uses it for another purpose. And that's true even today. We've got to realize there's those that will take the good things that God gives and they will corrupt that and use it for something other than what God intended it to be used for. We can't take advantage of what God gives to us. And we are in a generation of time as far as biblical beliefs go where a lot of people take advantage of the pillars that have been there in their life. But you see, the problem with that is, is that when you corrupt that, then you bring a, a dangerous situation in your life. God never intended man to worship man. God intended man to worship him. And when they create this image, they start worshiping themselves and they take pride in themselves. And because of that, they feel like that what they're doing has to be accepted. But God says any time that we substitute our worship for God with the worship of something else, then it won't be long until what God intended as a good thing is corrupted. So that brings us to this point. With the corruption also led to the final point, the perishing of the cedars. The perishing of the cedars. They were plenteous. And we've talked about how enormous they were. Now, I don't know how this will settle in your mind because it took me a while to try to get my head around this. We've talked some about how tall, as far as historical records, how tall that the cedars got. Some of them grew 120 feet in height. But are you ready for this? They only grow two inches a year. Even though they're so tall, God had preserved them and taken care of them. He had planted them. And through this period of time, these thousands of years, those trees had stood and grown. So when you take a cedar down, it's a long time before you'll have more cedars that height. And that's exactly what happened. They started using these cedars for things that weren't necessarily ordained by God. It's not that everything was bad, but they would use the cedar trees for fuel for trains. That took a lot of the cedars of Lebanon out. When trains were running through that area, they would just cut down the cedar tree. They had other trees they could have used, but they, they thought that since they were so tall, if they would cut them down, they could use them and that would last longer. They would use the trees for lumber. And little by little, they started to dwindle away until finally now around the area of Lebanon, the cedars of Lebanon, there's only about 20 small forests that are left. 
And there's been a move on to try to conserve them once again. But those treater, those cedar trees, when, they, when they're gone, you don't replace them that quick and that easy. Now this is Memorial Day weekend. And we bring into memory not only those that have served our country, but those that have served us in life that have already gone on. And I want to tell you something. There's some people, when, you're, when they're gone, you just don't replace them that easy. You can find people that have the right attitude, that have the right desire. It's just they have grown at such a pace that when they're gone, they really leave a big imprint of the place where they had stood in our life and you just don't replace them that easily. We find it all over the country now. We're blessed in this church with some tremendous preachers. God's gifted this church with a lot of preachers that go out and preach the gospel and help others. But yet, with that all going on, I still need to say this, that's not the case all across the country. Now there's a famine for preachers. There's a famine for pastors. There really is, it's harder and harder. And I'll say this too, because leaders in the church have gone on, there's a famine for leadership. There's some churches that they don't have pastors and they don't want a pastor. Because they feel like the church is on autopilot and it can just run itself and, and that we don't need any direction. And there's people that they don't want preaching any longer. There's pulpits in America that they would never have me back to preach after I preached like I did this morning. It's a fact. Because they don't want to hear the word of God. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else, but I will say this. Thank God as I near the end of the journey, I've done my best to stand. And if everything else fails, we've got to stand. These cedars are vanishing one by one. And then two, when they come down, I read in this text, the second verse, how for a tree, for the cedar is fallen. See, these cedars were not like the other cedars that grew in Lebanon. The other cedars that I've preached in the past that grew in groves, they have a tendency, they have to be more isolated because if they're not isolated, there wouldn't be room for growth. And with them growing out to the width that they do, their branches coming out 110 feet, they need plenty of room to grow and space to grow. So they don't grow in groves. But when they do grow, there are these little fir trees that seem to pop up under their branches. And they're sheltered and fertilized. And they're given nutrients from that cedar of Lebanon. So they'll grow all around that cedar, trying to be protected from the wind and from the cold. They get as close to that big cedar as they can. In the event that a cedar falls, when it comes down, it crushes every little fur that it falls on. 
Now this is a warning to everyone that is here. When cedars fall, they don't just hurt themselves. When preachers fall, you don't just hurt yourself. You hurt the little furs that are around you. See, you may be able to justify it yourself, but once people lose that confidence in your life, you can do anything you want, but it'll never be the same in one respect. I've seen cedars fall. I, many years ago, had an encounter with several people. There was a growing church and and I was associated with that church and the, the pastor fell into a terrible sin of immorality and, and as the pastor fell into that sin and finally it got to the place where that it was going to be revealed almost, and this is an exaggeration, I would say at least 80% of the people in that large congregation had been saved under his ministry. And when he failed, then suddenly people for some reason started to call. They wanted to meet with me. They wanted to talk with me. You would be amazed how many of those people would sit across from my desk with tears in their eyes and they'd say, preacher, he was in sin when he preached and I was saved. Where does that leave me? I said, saved. Why? Because the preacher don't save you. The preacher brings the gospel that saves you. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation, unto all the beliefs. Uh, I'm not going to name names because it'll get a little personal, but I can tell you one encounter. Two brothers that were alcoholics and they got a little old raggedy tent and they were alcoholics. And when they needed money, they were from down in the hills and nobody knew the life they were living. They were so far away. So they'd take the tent down and they'd preach a tent meeting and keep the offerings for money. Terrible, isn't it? Well, one night, one of them got up and, you know, I mean, if you watch a priest, you know, you can become a well-oiled machine. You, you can just do it so much that you can do it with ease. It's, it's, you just do it so much, you just keep going into it. But they went down and so they would take night about preaching. And one night, one of them preached and the other one got saved. That's true. By the way, I left you with that. But they, they couldn't give money back to people. But before they died, to my knowledge, they probably gave back three or four times the amount of money they took. And they didn't know how to do it, so they'd find churches and give it to the churches to make sure the money went back into that area. They got saved. 
but we've got to be careful. And, and here's your problem and my problem. We can all go at this so long that we think that we can't fall, but we are all capable of falling. We're all capable of falling short. That's why when someone does fall, I'm just the opposite of a lot of people. It, it's so funny to me. I watch people in church constantly and they're sitting right beside of somebody that they're involved in gross sin, but they're the best buds ever was. And then they find out the person comes, confesses their sin, gets right with God. And then the Christian won't speak to them. Because now suddenly you know their past, that changes your attitude toward them. You'll find out I'm big on restoration. Now I'll preach hard on sin, but I'll tell you this too. When you're trying to do what's right, you'll be glad I'm in your corner because I'll stand with you, encourage you. I'll get you back to the place if God will help me that you can be renewed and refreshed because you're gonna fight battles and the devil's gonna bring it up to you constantly and you need to know the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to not only cleanse you of your sin but endue you with power and help you be used of God. But it's a warning to us. There are people right here in our congregation that if you're honest, and I'm honest before you, there have been things that maybe I didn't give the right counsel and I hurt somebody in the process. And when you fall in their eyes, that's a terrible, terrible thing. Now, it's one thing if people turn you away because you're trying to do what's right. But we have to beware. If we fall, we're going to hurt somebody. Well, I can tell you're thrilled with this. I better move on. Finally, when they got down to the point that the cedars were getting fewer and fewer, Somebody got the bright idea. We better do something before it's too late. So they started with conservation. And they began to realize cedars of Lebanon can grow other places than Lebanon. They found like mountain ranges. They transplanted the trees that they could. Now they've got these groves, 20 groves, there in the Middle East, but now new groves are popping up all over the world, protected, safe, so that no one can come in and harvest them wrongfully or use them wrongfully. Do you know what it is? Do you know what they call it? The revival of the cedars. You know what we need? We need a revival of the cedars. We need some folks that'll say, listen, I do want to stand tall, 
and I may have made my mistakes and I may have done things that weren't right and I may have made the wrong choice and gone the wrong direction. But by the grace of God, I'm going to stand and do what's right in this hour and in this time. I want to see a revival come that'll help us grow and grow and grow and never be content with what we are and where we're at. But say, Lord, you've always got more for us, greater things, bigger things, and we're looking for that God. We baptized 23 today. I believe we can baptize 100 just as easily. I believe there's folks still hungry for something that's genuine. They're hungry for services where there's the liberty of the Lord. We need revival. We really do. We need revival. Everyone's looking at the situation, how bad that it is. I'm looking at it. What a harvest. It is ripe right now. And God can use us in great ways. Listen, you're the only one that knows the answer to the question I'm about to ask. How much have you grown spiritually? How much have you grown in the past year? Do you find yourself going to the same comfort zone? Do you find yourself in a stalemate? Do you find yourself in a spiritual gridlock? Or do you find yourself discovering new things from God's word and new blessings from the songs as you hear them sung? New excitement to say, I get to go to church today. Isn't that great? See what I'm talking about? There has to be that desire. And I see an opportunity for revival like we have never experienced before. But it all hinges. Will we grow in the Lord? Let's stand together. As we stand, they'll come. They'll get a song. If you're here tonight and maybe God's touched your heart said, you know, I really need, I need to move forward. It's not always the fact that you're doing wrong and you've got to come for forgiveness. Sometimes you just got to say, I want to do more things that's right. I want to grow like I've never grown before. I want more of a desire for his word. I want greater love for others. I want to be more in tune with his spirit. I want to be a greater witness